0: Good morning, good morning. My goodness, you guys. It took a little bit of work to get on here this morning. Our internet is not working great. So if it's um choppy or whatever, it's the cyber demons and you should rebuke them. Just saying. Anyway, happy Friday. It's Friday, we made it. It's the end of the week. My week went by super, super fast. It was just a very full week. We've had games three nights out of the week out of town, so it's been a busy week for me. Anyway, I I hope this is working. I've reset the internet. I tried using my hotspot, but listen, it turns out the internet people are our neighbors, and I believe I'm taking a walk as soon as I'm done here. Yes, I'm going to just march my way in there and be like, this isn't going to work. We're paying money for this and it doesn't work half the time. So anyway, that's been my last 20 minutes. My goodness. If the picture's freezing, I apologize. Just I'm, seriously, like you need to help me. Like let's rebuke the, the cyber demons here. Cause this is absolutely ridiculous. You guys, if you're on this morning, please Tell me in the comments that you're on, because I love knowing who I am talking to. I've got my coffee handy. Do you have your coffee handy? Yum. It's absolutely delicious. Um, we're going to read through a couple different spots of scripture this morning that I thought were really good. <clears throat> Hello, honey. I think it's just you and I. we got to have this conversation at home. <laughs> anyway. Psalm 24. We're going to start there and read verses one through six. This is what it says, and I, I want to start here because I want us to remember who it is that we're talking about, right? Good morning, Christy. Um, I, just really like I feel like part of my job is reminding you of who God is. So that you can you can rightly know and that you can ascribe the worth that is due his name. I absolutely love the word ascribe, especially when it's followed by worth. It's just beautiful. Anyway, this is what it says. Psalm 24, 1. God claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belongs to him. Don't you love it that he takes that kind of ownership over us? Like, seriously, that is absolutely beautiful to me. I, I'm like, he could have done anything he wants. He's God. I mean, he, he spoke all of this into motion. And his mind is on us. That's amazing. God claims the world is his. Everything and everyone belongs to him. He's the one who pushed back the back oceans to let the dry ground appear planting firm foundations for the earth, who then ascends into the presence of the Lord and who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Do you see what he's doing? Like he's creating this grandiose picture of who God is. And then he's just like dumbfounded. Like who could even come close to a God like this, right? Like he's he's capable of pushing back the oceans with his words who can come near him, right? He's so powerful. Who could possibly stand in his presence? Yet it says, it starts off saying that everything and everyone belongs to him. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, Amy. Hope-filled one. (laughs) tell on on my friends because then I can just constantly remind them of who they are. We should be doing that. We should hold one another accountable based on the name of the goal that is sitting inside of us. Okay. Let's do that. Amy is the hope-filled one. So you can refer to her as that. That was free. Anyway. Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord and who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. Those who never deceive, whose words are sure. (laughs) Wow. This would, be the, this would be the moment that some of us turn away from scripture because we're like, I'm excluded, right? He, I, I love this. Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure— whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. Well, here's the deal. You don't actually get to decide whether your ways are pure or your hands are clean. That was done on your behalf, right? So the the writer of this, this psalm is David and David had this knack of looking far beyond. David lived from the promise backwards, right? And we're talking, this is, this is crazy because we're talking, he lived so far into the unseen realm, into the promise. Do you know how many thousands of years went by before? Hundreds, maybe I should say hundreds because I don't really know not pay attention to time, guys. Hundreds. Let's go with hundreds. Do you know how many hundreds of years went by between David and Christ? That's a lot of time. That is beyond man's ability to live, to sustain life. David lived so far beyond into the unseen realm, and he still pulled on it for you and I. He looked that far in recognized what it was that the Messiah would accomplish the life that would be available for you and I, knowing that we would have clean hands and a pure heart. That's what the translations say. Those who have clean hands and a pure heart can ascend, can enter in. That's you and I. We have been made pure. We have been made clean. Isn't that beautiful? That's absolutely stunning to me. That, that he banks on his own goodness, his own righteousness, and pays little attention to our ability to accomplish anything. It's all been applied to us. Ours is to walk it out, to believe that that is what is true of us, that he has made us pure. He has made us clean. Now, I am not suggesting that, that we push the limits on this. This is not permission to sin. This is not permission to live a a, a life uh, less than the call that's on you that you're carrying inside of you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's all been done on your behalf. And so we're just supposed to slide into his righteousness, his purity, and his accomplishment, right? Salvation has been given to us. And I think this goes far beyond what we could ever even comprehend. There's no way we can wrap our minds around. It is. It's absolutely beautiful and amazing. Yes. Yes. His words are sure. That's beautiful. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes. Where's my, where's my hallelujah hanky? See, I always have it close by because you just never know when you're going to need to release a hallelujah. Right, Christy? Okay. Let's flip over to Song of Songs. I, I want to... I wanna take that foundation that he's done it all, that, that it is us who ascends, it is us who enter in because of what he has done. And and not forgetting that, that what David was doing was laying hold of the unseen. He was accessing faith, right? Through the majority of his writings, he's accessing faith, he's seen beyond and living from the promise right where he's at. He's not looking all around. The the Bible tells us that that we are actually, it was in um, Isaiah 11 that it talks about Jesus. And it says, he will not judge by what his eyes see. Right? This is what kept Jesus on the straight and narrow because he wouldn't judge by what his eyes see. He only took his intel from the heart of the father. Yeah? Because if you look at any of the disciples, If he would have judged based on what his eyes see, disqualified, disqualified, oh, messed up there, done, can't follow me, won't follow me, can't get it right, that would have been him judging by what his eyes see. How many times do we do this to one another? Slip up, mess up, stand outside of ourselves, right? But it says very clearly that he who is coming will not judge by what his eyes see. He sees through the heart of the father and the heart of the father is is wrapped up in us understanding his goodness. Remember that the fall made us enemies in our minds with God. It wasn't that God created this this barrier between us it was our minds our fallen nature decided god can't like me like this and and that is actually what we expect and, and that's i'm sure i'm sure that the disciples were just constantly in this space of juxtaposition of like i suck yet he still calls me whatever you know what i'm saying like Let's just because I, I made a big deal about Amy being the hopeful one is Amy always in a space of being hope filled. And I'm not speaking this over you, Amy. I'm just using it as an example. There are probably times where Amy doesn't always feel hopeful where she feels less than down and out, like nothing ever good. Nothing good ever happens to me <laughs> or because it's the Christmas season. We could take the shepherds that are in the field. Nothing ever good happens for the shepherds they're the lowest of the low they're they're the bottom of the barrel and and all they do is watch sheep right dirty sheep they work with dirty sheep nothing ever good happens to us yet one night right one night the sky fills with the angelic and an announcement is made so we we have to We have to remember that God is going to call us by a name that we aren't capable of fulfilling by ourselves, right? He doesn't judge by what his eyes see. He continues to to be steady in what he believes is true about us, right? Like if he's given you a grandiose picture of what it is that, that you are to accomplish on the earth, just Agree, it's the only thing you can do is agree. He's going to come alongside and encourage you along the way. Listen, I don't always feel the the power of what he calls me. I don't always feel the power of what I carry. But we have to get ourselves into a position where, where we are not judging by what our eyes see, yeah? Can we all just agree there? Like just right now, I think that we just need to make an agreement. I will not judge by what my eyes see. Can you say that out loud to yourself? Like, I know you're all like in the privacy of your own homes or wherever it is that you are. I will not judge by what my eyes see. Holy Spirit, help me to not judge by what my eyes see. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Song of Songs 5. We're going to start in verse 10. And this is this is the, the Shulamite that starts this portion off talking, she says, and she's talking about, about Jesus. This is so beautiful. He alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendor, yet is still so approachable. Do you see the correlation between Psalm 24 and this, where it's like, who can ascend and who can enter in? She says, he shines in dazzling splendor, yet he's so approachable. He's magnificent, and yet I can enter in. Yeah? Without equal as he stands above all others. So she's saying like, there's no one like him. There's no one like him. Outstanding among ten thousands. Verse 11, the way he leads me is divine. His leadership, so pure and dignified as he wears his crown of gold. Upon this crown are letters of black written on a background of glory. He sees everything with pure understanding, how beautiful his insights without distortion. His eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation, flowing so clean and pure. Okay. We can't just we just can't say that without talking about it, right? He sees everything with pure understanding. Can you hear the Isaiah eleven in that? He will not judge by what his eyes see. Do we understand that? He sees everything with pure understanding. That's you. He looks at you and, and sees you with pure understanding. Jesus, you look at me with pure understanding. All of the other accusations don't come from you, Jesus. Because you look at me with pure understanding. Your insights are beautiful without distortion. Do you see how we can take scripture and begin to make a prayer out of it? We're making an agreement. It's a space of worship. It's a space of ascribing worth to him. And what it does is it begins to to carve out truth in us. So when those accusations start coming and we start feeling less than, can't get anything right. Nothing ever good happens to me. I'm always, never, right? But when we take scripture and we start to pray it and, and it becomes that truth in us, he sees everything in me with pure understanding here. Your insights are beautiful concerning me. There's no distortion. I love that. Like I can't say that that is true of me, that like when I want it to be, I want to be able to see things clearly. I want to be able to, to see people clearly as he does. I don't want to judge by what my eyes see, but that's hard. It's hard. So we have to take these things, these truths and begin to pray them and use them as worship so that we can better understand who we are in him, right? Because the, the ultimate call on our lives is that we become him, right? That we become the living expression walking the earth. I love it that in John chapter one, um, where it says the word became, right? He um, the the passion translation actually says, um, "Oh gosh, now I lost my, I lost my thought process." But don't worry, he, he refers to me as the living expression, and I love that because I can actually see myself in the living expression. Can you? Like I can actually say, "Oh my gosh, that is the ultimate invitation. I get to be the living expression." Right. It's a little bit different than saying, I get to be the word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's easier for me to identify with the living expression. Like I can be the expression of Jesus on the earth. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Anyway, I just, I really want to drive the point home that he's not judging you based on what his eyes see. He knows you intimately and knows where you belong. Long before you agree with where you belong, he knows and he treats you. Every interaction that we have with him is based on his knowledge of our belonging. Wow, what a life. Seriously, what a life. Let's look at 13. Looking at his gentle face, I see such fullness of emotion, like a lovely garden where fragrant spices grow. What a man. (laughs) no one speaks words so anointed as this one. Words that both pierce and heal. Words like lilies dripping with myrrh. I I, I want to pause it for just a second because I want to take that, that part where it says um, words that pierce and heal. And I think that it's really important for us to understand what that could possibly look like. Words that both, both pierce and and heal. So when he calls us based on the promise, that's that's piercing to us. We're like, no, it, it undoes something in us. And, and and there there's discipline that is brought about now, understand the difference between discipline and punishment. I'm not talking about punishment I'm talking about discipline the beauty of his marvelous discipline where he is carving out the truth in us. yeah that's his discipline he's carving out truth and and there is there's such a feeling of urgency. At times, there is for me anyway, when he's coming in and he's, he's wanting me to make agreement. And that, that I feel like that falls under this, oh, sorry, hit my whole desk. Um, That falls under this area of, of discipline where he, he he's disciplining us for agreement, right? So that we can become that living expression. Ah, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Um. So uh, verse 14, see how his hands hold unlimited power, but he never uses it in anger, for he is always holy, displaying his glory. His innermost place is a work of art, so beautiful and bright. Um. By the way, did you know that you are his innermost place? So beautiful and bright. You are his innermost place. You're his holy of holies. He's taken up residence in you. So that power that he holds in his hand, he's doing so in you. and He calls it beautiful and bright. Amazing. How magnificent and noble is this one covered in majesty. He's steadfast in all he does. His ways are the ways of righteousness based on truth and holiness. None can rival him, but all will be amazed by him. Most sweet are his kisses, even his whispers of love. He's delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. Wow. It's one of my favorite things to do. If there is a situation or scenario or a people thing, I love to look at it as if it's multifaceted and I want to turn it so I can see as many of, of the facets as possible so that I can begin to see like he does. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. But I want us to begin to see like he does. And every single circumstance is multifaceted when we are not judging by what our eyes see, right? When we can look on each other and go, oh my gosh, you are his beautiful and bright. Uh, What did that say? His innermost place is a work of art. You are his work of art, that beautiful and bright space, right? Rather than judging by what our eyes see that's easy. It's easy to find the dirt, guys. But if you can pull out the diamonds and look at them from multiple angles, you're going to find the facet that looks like him, that looks like the living expression. That's actually, our whole job, our whole existence is about a treasure hunt, finding Jesus in everyone. Yeah, he's there. He's taken up residence. Listen, it wasn't just for those who who somehow are the elect and have stumbled into knowing him. That's mm-mm, That's not how that works. It says that what he did, he did once and for all. We can find Jesus in one another and should treat one another as if he's already there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Where was I? If you ask me why I love him... It's because there is none like him. There's none like him. Everything about him fills me with holy desire. Pray that. I want you to pray that right now. Jesus, everything about you fills me with holy desire. Everything about you fills me with holy desire. And now, and now, now that I can recognize that, that everything, about him fills me with holy desire and now he is my beloved and my friend forever. Ah, you guys, aren't you just so taken with him? This is so good. I don't know how people don't read Song of Songs in this light of understanding that this is a a love story between the creator and his creation. Oh, so marvelous. Let's skip over to chapter six, and we're going to start in verse two. This is the Shulamites' response. My lover has gone down into his garden of delight, the place where his spices grow, to feast with those pure in heart. I know we shall find him there. He went down into the garden to feast with those who are pure of heart. How did they become the pure of heart? Do you remember? They have been made pure of heart. Remember? Like, it's so easy for us to forget that quick. Like, we just read it in Psalm 24 that he has made us pure and clean. And she's saying, my lover has gone down into his garden of delight the place where his spices grow, to feast with those who are pure in heart. That's you. I know we shall find him there. He is within me. I am his garden of delight. I have him fully. And now he fully has me. Do you see? Now she's got it. She's under this beautiful revelation of he has, he has always had me. Like he, he made that clear throughout the beginning of this book that I am his. But now I recognize that he is mine. I have just as much access to him as he has to me. Beautiful. In other translations, it says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. This is his response. Just sit in this. This is Beautiful. Oh, my beloved, you are lovely. When I see you in your beauty, I see a radiant city where we will dwell as one. You guys, that's big. He says, when I look at you, I see a whole city. There have been times throughout my life where I feel like my insides are galactic. And I hope you feel that way, too that there is just so much space carved out in you because obviously that's how he sees you. He sees you as a radiant city. You are a radiant city. Beautiful. More pleasing than any pleasure. Do you know that the reason he created us in the first place was so that we could have dominion over pleasure? Pleasure. He made us to experience pleasure. He's given us dominion over it. Wow. More pleasing than any pleasure. More delightful than any delight. He is saying this about you, right? You guys don't like, don't tune out. This is so great. More pleasing than any pleasure. You are more delightful than any delight. You have ravished his heart. This is the king of kings we're talking about. You have ravished his heart. You have ravished his heart, stealing away my strength to resist you. He can't resist you. Oh my goodness. Hi, Jennifer. Even hosts of angels stand in awe of you. Wow. Even hosts of angels stand in awe of you. I hope that you have had moments in your life where God has said things to you that are so gigantic that you can't possibly comprehend it, that you can't even wrap yourself around it. One time I was, I'm just going to be honest, I was pissed. I was. I had a, a a very poor encounter with a human being, and I went into a church service into a worship service, mind you, and I was angry. I was hot tears flowing, and um, and we did communion that morning. I worshipped anyway, and I was just like, change my heart of God, change my heart of God. Don't you think that in those moments he's like, I already did, done, check that box, right? And so we were getting ready to do communion and I know the rules about communion, right? (laughs) And, and I didn't want to, I I didn't want to be out of, out of order, out of line in, in my anger and, and go and bond with, with what Christ has done in, in my anger and Holy Spirit just whispered to me just so gently and so sure. And at the same time, it felt like a thousand waters, you know, when scripture tells us that his voice is a voice of many waters. It felt like a thousand waters coming at me. And he says, honey, all of history has looked, no, wait, he says, all of heaven has looked down the corridors of history and saw you coming. Talk about having your heart ravished. I just sat there and bawled and it was It was my hot, angry tears turned into cleansing tears. And it was one of those moments where I was like, how can this be? And we had moments like that with him where you're like, how can this be? It's the same response Mary has when, when the angel comes to her and says, like, you've been chosen to be the mother of the Savior. And she has that same response. How can this be? Right? And the thing is is that we are all pregnated with a promise. We are impregnated with a promise. And it should be so big that we can only utter the words, "How can this be? Right? Anyway, I, I I'm really like I'm feeling this need for us all to press into the promise, to understand what it is that we carry. What are you carrying? It's really important. And, and I'm not looking for the pat answers of like, listen, we all carry love, right? Like I get that. I'm talking about that grandiose promise that like, like we've talked about in, in Psalm 24, where David had to look way beyond, far into the unseen realm and lay hold of a promise to bring it into a space where he could actually speak about it. He never saw it in his day, but he brought it into the now to be able to at least look at it and speak about it. That's what I'm talking about. You need to know what you're carrying inside of you. You are a tabernacle of promise. Say that over yourself. I'm a tabernacle of promise. There is something of importance building on the inside of me. You need to live from there, you guys. And that's what he's talking about. He's like, he's like, um, you're more pleasing than any pleasure, more delightful than any delight. He knows what you're carrying. You've ravished my heart, stealing away my strength to resist you. Even the host of angels stand in awe of you. That's what got me on my rant in the first place. Even the angels stand in awe of you. Listen, it is the promise that's sitting on the inside of you that draws the attention of the angelic host. And when that thing starts to churn inside of you and you recognize it and you begin to talk about it, how much more do they want to be around you? I just, right now, I I want to be, I want to be in a space of audacity where we are willing to say the things that are scary to say. Who are you? Who are you? What has God created you to be? Who are you? You're not called to the sideline. Get off the bench and get in the game. You know, it is really easy. And this is one of my biggest pet peeves, you guys. Nothing agitates me more than somebody who I know is carrying, I, like, let me say it this way. I, I typically know what people are carrying because I, I'm prophetic and, and God shows me it. And, and sometimes I feel like, I am going harder after the promise inside of them than they are. And that's annoying to me. Can I just be honest about it? (laughs) And so I want to be like, I want to join us right now. I want to get us started here and being audacious and saying the things that are hard to say. I know what I'm called to do. Two and a half years ago, Holy Spirit dropped this into my spirit. He says, change the conception of identity and you will change the world. Now. He does not whisper things over our lives that are that big for us to just be like, that's nice. I'm going to go tell everyone like I am to to change the conception of identity and that's just going to change the world. No, I have an assignment to complete in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like my job is to actually go deep into the people that are surrounding me and to begin to change where their identity began to form. That's what my words have the power to do, to go in and begin to change that conceptual identity and say, okay, this is where we went wrong, right? Like I, I, all glory unto God, right? All glory unto God. We are so worried about usurping God's glory that we play in this space of false humility and it's not okay. Because it's not okay. God is looking for a company of people that will infiltrate the world with his goodness, that will lay hold of the kingdom of heaven and make a difference. What are you called to do? What are you called to do? Another grandiose thing that God has said to me ask for the nations. Well, do you know that that with that comes a huge responsibility? He's not just asking me to ask for the nations. This was a name that I carried in a season where he's he's calling me ask for the nations, and then that when I start making agreement with that's who I am. I am ask for the nations. He gives weird names. I don't know. It starts drawing prophetic words that begin to carve things out for me. One of the one of the big ones that that surrounded the season was. That God was like I was undergoing a heart transplant where He was, He was removing my American Pie heart and giving me a global heart. You'd have to understand that for me, this is huge. You guys, I'm as Kansas as you can get. I I even I own Ruby Red slippers. Like I own two pairs of red heels. Listen, I am Dorothy. (laughs) Anyway, I just, I'm saying this not to make a big deal about me, although I am. Can we just, can we be okay with who we are? Say who you are. You guys, we spend so much time sitting under the prophetic, hoping to get the word that's actually gonna light a fire under our butt so we get going. You have a collection of words that declare who you are. Get in the game. The kingdom is already surrounding you. It advances when you move. Know who you are. If you are a healer, be a healer. Stop questioning it. Just be a healer. My, my computer's going a little crazy. I hope you can't hear that. Who are you? Tell me in the comments. I want to partner with it. Who are you? And do not give me some pat answer that lines up with the fruit of the spirit. I know how important the fruit of the spirit is, but the promise that is inside of you is brought about, surrounded by the fruit of the spirit, right? To get you to birth a thing. Don't give me a cutesy answer. Tell me in the comments who you are. Let's keep reading turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. He's like, when you are agreeing with your fullness, ah," because that's what happens, right? She says to him, I am my beloved and he is mine. She finally gets it. She finally gets it. When you finally get it, his response to you is, oh my gosh, look at my glory in her. Look at my glory in him. God is not afraid of you usurping his glory. He's sharing it. He's waiting for you to walk in it. He's waiting for you to access the glory that he has available to you. He's going, ah, finally, shining in my glory. You know, the Bible actually tells us that the the sun will go dark, the moon won't shine, the stars will be gone. Yet the brightness of my glory will be there. Where on earth do we think that's gonna come from? Listen, the church has played the false humility game far too long, far too long. We can't play that game anymore. It is false humility to be like, mm, less of me, more of him. It's not what John meant. That wasn't permission for you to shrink. That is not permission for you to play small. It's permission for you to go low and be as large as he wants you to be. Right? Let's read more. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore. Overpowered by a glance, my ravished heart is undone. I'm held captive by your love. I am truly overcome for your undying devotion to me is the most yielded sacrifice. Wow. Let's keep reading. The shining of your spirit, there it is, shows how you have taken my truth to become balanced and complete. Oh, interesting. What do you think the shining of your spirit is? Hold on, you guys. Oh, I don't know. I got the same phone call two times in a row. And suddenly I thought, hmm, I have a kid at work, but it's fine. Just somebody wanting me to get a flu shot. Anyway, the shining of your spirit. That is that glory that we were just talking about. And he says, the shining of your spirit, you releasing glory shows how you have taken my truth to become balanced and complete. Your beautiful Blushing cheeks reveal how real your passion is for me, even hidden behind your veil of humility. Wow. I could have chosen any from among the vast multitude of royal ones who follow me. Ha! But one is my beloved dove, unrivaled in beauty, without equal, beyond compare, the perfect one, the favorite one. I want you to take the time to read these things over yourself. You are without equal to him. You're beyond compare. You're his perfect one. You're his favored one. Others see your beauty and sing of your joy. Brides and queens chant your praise. How blessed is she. Look at you now, arising as the day spring of the dawn, fair as the shining moon, bright and brilliant as the sun in all its strength, astonishing to behold as a majestic army waving banners of victory, all because she made an agreement with who he says she is. Remember, he does not judge by what his eyes see. He judges us based on the Father's heart. He he judges us based on their original intent. That's who we are to them. And when we finally make an agreement, we don't need the sun, moon, and stars because we will be shining in the light of his glory. When we make an agreement and we begin to move in it, we'll be shining in the light of his glory. We'll be emitting the light of his glory. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, okay, okay. This is good. I am a healing shepherd. Yes, Lisa. Oh man, I can totally make an agreement with that. That is beautiful. Okay, so my my second question to that, is going to be, what are you going to do about it, right? Like, let's let's create some steps from this. What are you going to do? Like, action. Not like, how to, here's your 10 steps of religiosity. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, what are you going to do about it? How is he showing you yourself moving as the healing shepherd? I'm a voice to the nations, a peacemaker. Yes, Jen. You're a voice to the nations. Wow. A peacemaker. I I totally, yes. You are. Oh goodness. You I, I this is what I believe about you. You are the spring rain that, that he talks about in scripture. You because of that peacemaker that's inside of you, when you open your mouth and and speak, it is that soft rain that the that the ground has been aching for. So your words land like those soft, misty rains, so gentle, yet piercing through the dry, cracked grounds in us. That's who I know you to be, Jen. And and of course, yes, out into the nations. Thank you, Jesus, that Jen's voice has been made to pierce the nations as a peacemaker. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Who else? We're making agreements here. Why are y'all not participating? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> that's, my, that's my big question. It's like, I know that the people that are around me that surround my life, that the people that I do life with, I know that y'all have enough prophetic words to sustain you for a lifetime. It's time to get going, get up and get going. Let's do the thing. See, that's where that's where the the faith is at. That's why we reach into the unseen realm and make the agreement, right? So we can walk in it. You know, it, the whole intention behind creating John the Baptist was so that he could make a way, right? Where he could make a way in the wilderness for Christ. And the same is true of us. That what we carry is making a way. It's making a way. It's carving space for the kingdom to infiltrate the earth. Here's the thing, you guys. We have this escape mentality when it comes to our Christianity. And the Bible never actually talks about us escaping the earth. He says he's going to make a new earth and a new heaven. It's all about the kingdom. The kingdom came when Jesus did. It's ours to expand, right? He's given us dominion over the earth so that we can cause the kingdom to expand. Yes. Find out what nations I'm called to speak to, what to speak to that nation. Yes. Hey, you know, anytime you can speak to our nation you're in Canada, because I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Honestly, that just felt so incredibly royal. I don't know. That, that really felt powerful. Jen, I want you to speak to our nation. Gosh, you guys, like all of a sudden I say that, and all of a sudden I, I feel like a gatekeeper. I feel like a gatekeeper to the United States. <laughs> I'm just going to bring in a peacemaking voice, not a peacekeeper. She noted, which is a big difference—a a, peacemaker—and that is absolutely beautiful. I think peacemaking is far more sharp than we we realize. I am the dancing bride of Jesus, able to see possibility. And bring hope and abundance into all situations. Is that too long? (laughs) No. (laughs) But when are you going to dance? That's what I have for you, Amy. When are you going to dance? If that's who God is calling you, if that's the promise that you're carrying inside of you, the dance has to go beyond your living room. When are you going to dance, friend? Friend. That's beautiful. Able to see possibility and bring hope and abundance into all situations. I love that. You really are. you. I know you dance every day. <laughs> yes, Jen. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, you guys. I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and I'll just invite you to dance, Amy. this is fun. Jesus, you are so fun. I I love what you have invited us into. Gosh, Jesus, right now, I just speak to you inside of each of us. And I thank you for the goodness that you carried into us. Wow. And I thank you for the courage and the boldness to act on it, that we would be who you say that we are that we would be the word that doesn't return void. Yes. Fulfill your destiny in us, Jesus. You're so good to us. You're so good. All right, guys, I'm signing off. This has been a delightful conversation though. So thank you for joining. So fun. So fun. Love having you guys. Hey, um, have a great weekend. I bless your weekend, actually. I bless your weekend with abundance. I bless your weekend with goodness. And I bless your weekend with courage that you would find yourself doing the thing that you have been so intimidated to do. Love you guys so much. So, so, so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.